Ultra fast fashion brand Pretty Little Thing comes under fire from protesters, Kanye West's harassment and the genius pass, and Julia Fox muses on the cult of celebrity. We're Maggie and Jasmine, and you're listening to Culture Club, our weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung and Bidjigal people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We would also like to celebrate their rich history of culture and storytelling that we can learn from. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, how are you feeling? You are now... COVID free and slowly returning back to the world. How's your week been? Yes. Oh, it's been really nice. Had a semi-normal weekend. I was in the city um, and I hadn't actually, apart from seeing a musical last week, I hadn't been to the city for two months. So (laughs) that was a weird realization, but I had a really lovely weekend, ate lots of good food um, and went to see comedy, very much like typical Maggie stuff. Um, What about you? I'm currently in Sydney at the moment. So I've been up here for a few weeks with family, as I think I've said on the podcast. But this weekend I went to my friend's house. So last Friday I was in the office and then Saturday um, we like went to the art gallery, got our nails done, um, went out for lunch and went shopping and stuff. It was just like so perfect. And then went out dancing on Saturday night, like my first time in a bar for like months and months. And that was really fun and it was spontaneous. So it kind of felt like almost like a back to normal kind of vibe. Like we were at home and it was so interesting, like how ingrained it was because it was like nine o'clock on a Saturday in our mid twenties. And I was like, should we play a board game? We just (laughs) totally like we can only stay home. And also like we'd been out all day. So I was like, oh, well, that's enough of that. Like we've got to stay home Mm. now. But then um, we ended up just going out to an arcade and um, then went to a bar anyway. So it's really fun. And then yesterday I went to the beach, which is what I wanted for like months as well. In Sydney, we went to three beaches and spent like all day in the sun, went to this like day party, um, saw some friends and yeah, it's just super lovely. And then came home and had like a really good sleep. You know, that like after beach holiday sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it cures yes. all. A lovely, lovely weekend. And now back to it. We actually had this talk off mic as well and we were like, how funny is it? The correlation between like having a nice time and feeling normal and spending a lot of money. So Mm. (laughs) our bank accounts took the hit. Oh, yeah. But I was also saying this to my friend yesterday, like I've kind of been spending this weekend without thinking too much about it. Like I have a rough budget and have a rough idea of how much is in my account. But I was like, money is made to be spent. Like we don't work eight hours a day plus some when you freelance um only for it to be saved in the bank account for over, like for when we're old or something like I want to enjoy life now especially after like what we've all been through like have barely been spending money for months so like it's nice to kind of splurge a little bit spend like 80 dollars on getting my nails done <laughs> oh what's well, happening acrylic right acrylic, you said my first acrylic do some asmr can you do some asmr no that's not nice <laughs> how about um can you do this it doesn't really sound like anything. What about on my cup? No, I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's like a plastic. <laughs> I mean, a paper cup. <laughs> we won't quit our day jobs for ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> 
Last Wednesday in central London, Pretty Little Thing, of course, one of Boohoo's brands, had a fashion show. According to Dazed, it unofficially kicked off London Fashion Week after it was declined a spot on its official schedule. Awkward. Lol. Also, like all of the things around it have been like PLT at LFW, like trying to make it seem like it's the same. Like just because it's on the same week doesn't mean you're part of London Fashion Week. Anyway. Venetia Lamana, who we reference a lot on the pod, and Maisha from Insta account at OhSoEthical planned a protest in support of its garment workers who have been victims of wage theft and unsafe working conditions. The photos and videos from the protest have been all over social media the last few days, and I think they're so powerful. Venetia Lamana's, like the way she was speaking at the protest, and I've seen some of them on TikTok, they're so good. And she was like talking to the people who were in the line waiting for the show, like, do you know how much this billionaire owner earns each month off the back of these like women of color who are working for like zero money, basically? It was a very well organized protest. Yeah, seeing Venetia's videos, like, stopped me in my tracks, gave me goosebumps. I found that they were really moving and really like almost hard to watch because you can see how much emotion she's pouring into this. And it's just seeing Venetia be so emotional about it and, you know, some of the passers by and people in line just not care or think it was funny or something was just so hard to watch. Anyway, I'm so sorry because I loved it so much. I want to play the clip now just because I think our audience needs to hear it. They are earning £3.50 an hour. This is illegal. This is unacceptable. And all it's doing is allowing Omar Kamani to spend £1.5 million on an engagement ring for his fiance. It's allowing him to buy more cars and go to Dubai and maybe see the Maldives before it drowns. You have the power to take a stand against this brand and we need all of you. We don't care about their resale platform. This is just greenwashing. I need you to take a stand against this brand and insist that they pay their workers fair living wages and that they reduce their overall output by at least 90%. Take a second and think about what 54 million items of clothing would look like and that is just boohoo and that is in 365 days. You know we're in a climate crisis. Venetia also wrote a column for The Independent that's titled, I Stage a Protest Against the Pretty Little Thing Fashion Show. This is why. Venetia writes, To the reality stars, podcasters, and influencers among them, we express concern about claims that the women who make PLT's clothes don't earn fair living wages. But our protest didn't land with everyone, as several showgoers clad in the brand's latest look sniggered and giggled to one another as they queued to get in. And she ends the piece with... While PLT tries to sell itself on the inclusive appearing hashtag, hashtag everybody in PLT, they might want to think about how this applies to the people impacted by the devastation of the climate crisis, those working the same 24 hours a day as the rest of us, but living quite a different life. So please go ahead and hold your catwalk shows. We'll be there with our placards shining a light on your glossy empire of waste. Oof, glossy empire of waste. That is so powerful and so true. Like I also think like everyone knows our stance on these types of fast fashion brands. Um, But it just looks so cheap as well because it is cheap because they're they're getting paid like $2 an hour to make a dress. Um, But it was interesting that 
the comments that we spoke about a few months ago about Molly Mays, everyone has 24 hours in a day. Those comments are still circulating on mostly TikTok and kind of saying like you had six months to plan this fashion show and it's like the most basic fashion Mm. show ever. But this is pretty little thing. Like this isn't Balenciaga or Valentino. Like of course it's going to be basic because they're meant to be worn every day. They're meant to be worn everywhere and they're meant to be cycled through really quickly. So it's like definitely just a blip of like February 2022. And yeah, it's just interesting to see the like, oh, so you, everyone has 24 hours in a day, huh? Comments still going around. Like I think when Molly May took like a couple days off social media, she thought it might have died down. But I think this is like going to stick with her for a long time. Like as it should, I think there was valid criticism there, but we explored that a few weeks ago. Yeah, very interesting. I think it's very sneaky to do it during London Fashion Week to try and elevate the brand. <laughs> When it's not, you can't elevate like polyester clothes, like sorry. (laughs) And it was also a response to Pretty Little Thing, like releasing their sustainable collection and all that greenwashing crap. So it's so understandable that so many people were fired up. There was about 20 people with her. They wanted to keep it small on purpose. One of the people um, with them was actually a former Love Island contestant um, and also a sustainability editor. His name's Brett Staniland. And I was actually quite surprised to see him there. I'm not like a Love Island watcher, but you know, the rest of the protests there were like young women dressed super warm and it looked so different, I guess, to the people lining up for the shows. But Brett, who's like also a model and he could easily just fall into the it crowd or the people in line. But the fact that he decided not to fall into the crowd and he decided to stand out with these 20 people um, must have been really scary and I really applaud him for it. Venetia commented on his Instagram photo that he posted about the protest and she said, shout out to you for taking a stand. It would be so easy for you to turn the cheek and go make a quick buck but you're not. You're putting morals on top instead. If only the same could be said for other white and slim reality TV stars. Yeah. And that's so true. Like when I was living in the UK, the season that Molly May was on came out and like every person who made the top 10 almost, and like, especially the women got their own form of fast fashion collection. If they didn't become Mm. like the spokesperson, they made a collection for like the summer or whatever. Um, so that is actually taking a big stand, but also looking at the, at Brett's Instagram account, it's interesting, like the branding, like obviously going to this Mm. protest is so, so good. And as he should, but you can see that his brand is a little more luxury and elevated. And so it's just proves that like, you can't support Boohoo, PLT, all those like fast, super, super fast fashion places, faster than like the cotton ons and unique clothes that we have here it's like mm-hmm. fast fashion on steroids you can't kind of kind of hawk that and still be considered elevated and classy like molly may's tried and i think this um because she does like wear a lot of designer clothes but i think this plt creative director stuff the 24 hours in a day stuff has almost brought her down back to like that reality tv style level of like you make a collection with boohoo for like the summer as i said before So, yeah, very interesting to watch. The biggest news in pop culture this week, of course, has to be Kanye West's outburst towards his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. 
Throughout the week, Ye, also known as Kanye, has been posting and deleting Instagram posts, some of which are directed at Kim. She had screenshots of Kim's private messages where she said that someone could end up really hurt and threatened Pete Davidson, also known as Skeet, and more. <laughs> also known as Skeet by Kanye. <laughs> no one yeah, <laughs> Also on Valentine's Day, Ye posted a picture of a truck full of roses with the detailing reading, my vision is crystal clear in the famous Kardashian case. As you would if your new boyfriend was publicly chasing his ex-wife, Julia Fox ended things with Kanye around the same time. And we'll be getting into her and celebrity culture later. Very exciting, but another conversation. Um, but yeah, after two days of chaotically posting, Ye posted on Feb 15 with a picture from an old concert with a caption that read, I've learned that using all caps makes people feel like I'm screaming at them. I'm working on my communication. I can benefit from a team of creative professionals, organizers, mobilizers and community leaders thanks everybody for supporting me yay continues i know sharing screenshots was jarring and came off as harassing kim i take accountability i'm still learning in real time i don't have all the answers to be a good leader is to be a good listener when i first saw that like kind of apology post i was like pr this is pr like it's after 48 hours of like caps log posting and deleting. This is someone coming mm. in and being like, you need to say this. But I didn't like the way he said came off as harassing Kim. This didn't come off as harassing Kim. Like you were just straight up harassing your ex-wife. Yes. And I'm quite fixated on the Rose truck delivery situation too because I think so many people have had so many different reactions to that Um, and we found a piece in the Guardian by writer Awal Madawi and they write here's the problem decades of Hollywood films and popular culture have taught us that it's romantic for a man to aggressively pursue a woman who has spurned his advances It's taught us that a man showering a woman with unwanted gifts is a cute gesture, not manipulative love bombing. Men relentlessly pursuing women is such a common theme of rom-coms that the website TV Tropes, which tracks frequently used narrative devices, has an entry for it called Stalking is Love. Of course, it's only love when a man does it. If a woman so much as calls her ex up, she's immediately characterized as crazy. Gosh, so, so true. The piece kind of continues, in a 2016 paper on Hollywood's depiction of persistent pursuit, the researcher Julia Lipman found, unsurprisingly, that exposure to this trope normalizes the behavior. Yeah, so I think this kind of like normalizing of the stalking and harassing is also supported by the media's depiction of um, of this situation. I think at first it was kind of seen as like celebrity gossip and like, I think at first it was funny just because it was so ridiculous, but it quickly turned dark. Like it, it was easy to see the switch between like, oh, this is like a fun celebrity feud, which we see over Mm. and over again, um, into like, this is very dark. No, I completely agree with you. And we actually on our Instagram account posted two different tweets about this. And I do think the theme and the tone, um, really, really changed. And I think actually it shows how, I guess, fine the line is sometimes. Like we just, it's so quickly for behavior to turn toxic without even really like noticing the switch. So this happened over the course of a couple of days, like this tonal shift. 
I think that's kind of scary. Like we kind of misread the situation in a way. I'm not like blaming us or whatever. Um, and I think most people did, but yeah, I think it's actually really important for us to be able to recalculate a situation and be like, oh, okay. So we originally thought maybe it's more lighthearted and funny, but now it's really not. And like, own that. we're like owning that. Also, some people have been comparing um, Kanye West to Britney Spears this week, which I found to be very, very true. I think if a female celebrity like Ariana or the Kardashians did what Kanye is doing, they would literally be like excommunicated from Hollywood. They would be blacklisted. They would be. And like some people have dropped Kanye from certain things, but he's still getting more of a pass. Um, and even after supporting Donald Trump and saying that slaves had choices a couple of years ago, people continue to stand him, put him on a pedestal and kind of crown him a genius. And that's literally the title of his new documentary on Netflix that we spoke about last week. Um, why do you think Kanye gets away with this kind of like manic genius thing? I wonder if it's because his fans don't care or that adds to the allure of him because he is so unlike anybody out there that's kind of what people want from a celebrity perhaps someone who like stands up on their own is quite wild provides us entertainment also you know has been so heralded for his music over the decade like past decade and more um Mm. but I definitely agree with what you're saying and I think that if he was a woman instead like I don't think that she'd be getting the same kind of leeway yeah imagine if Beyonce because like you have to consider race in this in these situations Mm. especially when it comes to like the media imagine if like Beyonce had done this like Jay well Jay did cheat on her and she wrote an amazing album about it but like yeah imagine she was like all caps like I'm gonna come get like the woman you cheated on blah 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 Mm. it would she would be like person non grata Oh yeah, we talk about like the crazy woman stereotype, mm. but the crazy black woman stereotype is that on steroids. Exactly. Like it's incomparable. So yeah. I read a really great piece in The Swaddle, which is an Indian media publication, and it's called Kanye West Harassing Kim Kardashian is No Laughing Matter. It's by Rahitha Nara Harasetti. And I think it just really sums up um the way that Kanye has kind of put himself up to this another level of celebrity. They say, this may just be another in a string of actions that fans and bemused spectators have excused because they're from Kanye West. West paints himself as an icon, draws comparisons to Jesus, extols his own greatness, and has called his bipolar disorder his superpower in a song. And of course, we can't really discuss this without also acknowledging the power of money and safety here. If this story was about like a friend of a friend, you'd be genuinely worried for Kim's safety. But knowing that she has access to security and safety and money and all that can play into it being more of an entertainment story rather than a safety story, which is wrong. But I also think we have to take into consideration again that it's not even just about these two. It's about, um, I guess, the way we discuss it and how that sets a tone for any relationship in our lives, whether that's, you know, a friend who potentially is going through a toxic relationship and she's hearing us just make fun of this situation rather than lending like a compassionate ear. So yes, it's an entertainment story that's that's turned quite frightening, but also it's a reality for so many people and for so many people who don't have the access that Kim does.
Julia Fox, fashion's it girl, and Kanye's, dare we say, fleeting muse, has climbed the ranks these past couple of months, giving iconic celebrity energy. But first up, if you've been on TikTok this week, you would have been hit with so many Anka Jams videos. <laughs> for those who have no idea what we're talking about, you probably haven't been on the internet for the last five days, but we will include the soundbite from her Call Her Daddy interview here. Would you, because everyone's like, would you consider yourself Ye's muse? <laughs> um yeah a little maybe what does so. it even mean to no one that's ever been because I remember you were like I this is not the first time that yeah I, like, what what is a muse I mean I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jazz right do you know what I mean like things like right. that apparently she was stoned when she recorded this is what she's kind of clapped back with but what are your thoughts on this well if I'm being honest oh I actually saw a tweet um about this this morning I literally didn't even notice that she was saying it weirdly okay I found it the tweet read like I personally think the way Julia Fox said uncut gems was normal do you think that's a joke or I was like legit? <laughs> yeah maybe they're just joking when I first heard it I was like oh she said it a little funny but it's like gone on and on and on you know what I mean yeah, I didn't even notice it because I'm like, oh, isn't that just like the L.A. accent or whatever? Um, but yes, you, what did you think? I, when I first saw it, I just like, oh, she's just said that line a little bit funny. But then like the joke's kind of gone on and on and on. At the same time as this uncut jam situation, Aussie journalist Twitter was also blowing up about something similar. It was because this Tasmanian journalist had tweeted, what is it with young peeps and vocal fry and peppering sentences would like? Perhaps I am now a grumpy old woman. Um, and I saw this and I was just like, oh, yeah, like, here we go again. Like, haven't we had this conversation again? Um, I personally take a front to conversations like this because, one, obviously conversations like this um, are usually directed at young women predominantly. And I don't know, when people criticize people's vocal habits, there's like an element of class, I feel, attached to that, right? Like people being too bogan or not refined enough and I also think personally like growing up in a predominantly non-English speaking household it can be okay obviously like this is not Julia Fox or whatever <laughs> this is just me projecting um, but it can like have elements of racism as well because you know I haven't grown up let's say with correct pronunciation a lot of the time like I thought cashews were called cash nuts for so many years that's different that's not vocal fry but that's something I also saw this conversation on Twitter and one of the tweets that I liked was like, why are we dissecting people's likes and their vocal fries when like it's rare to even hear a non-English speaking voice on like mainstream media in Australia? Mm. No, completely. And in the case of uh, Julia, bringing it back to her, like, de like uh, delivery can be used for comedy reasons as well. Who knows? Uh, Julia is such a performance artist. She could be bimboing her voice up a little bit. We're both watching Euphoria at the moment. And of course, there's that new character, Faye, who's played by Cherry. Uh, we've spoken about her before. Um, and I saw a TikTok of her in an interview and her voice is completely different. Her voice is low. She's just like super chill. It's so different. And obviously playing her character, she's put it more, I guess, like high pitched, a bit more like droning and like it's humorous. 
I also think voice is so important because I know I do it when I was waitressing my voice would naturally go like two octaves higher mm. than it is I think it's it like is the most important communication tool you could say um for humans and animals so I think when we're like joking and laughing about the way people speak it does say a lot about like who we are making fun of them and who the person is I don't know it just mm. I think it means a lot but back to the uncut gems meme like we said before when we first heard it we didn't think that much of it but it has gone on and on and on and on do you think that this is kind of straying into like making fun of julia fox and kind of calling her an (laughs) idiot for speaking that way because i feel that it is oh my god yeah but like also isn't that her whole existence for the last two months people making fun of her makeup the way she's treated by yay like for sure yeah and when we talk about her I guess purpose in the limelight there was such a good profile that came out in the cut which was called Julia Fox is her own muse thank you very much and it was written by the one and only Hunter Harris Hunter makes some great points about celebrity we'll read some out now Living authentically is in itself a performance. Fox is happy to put on a show. She wants to, quote, show out for the girls in full looks, end quote. To fans and observers, she's providing the voiceover to her own glamorous life. Nothing seems off limits. She's approaching the new attention like another job. When our paparazzi photos were leaked, there was just such an interest, she says. I was kind of like, okay, I'll tell you. I wasn't being like hush-hush celebrity, Julia says. Celebrities are not that fucking important. You can tell us about your stupid fucking date. We're in a pandemic. Give people something to talk about. Do your fucking service. Do your job. Yes. When I saw this screenshot, I was like, thank you, Julia. Like like hearing her be just so, I guess, open and just blunt about what she is doing and being so like unforgiving about her, I guess, ascent to fame. And, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm just here being myself and he fell in love with me like she's totally owning what she's doing like she's just climbing the heights of celebrity and um I love the way she talks about it I also think this is one of the like few instances we have of a celebrity like admitting that they are a celebrity and their job is not important I think so many celebrities try to tie meaning to their job when it's like literally just dress up for us and look pretty but then also on the other hand we do say like you need to have an opinion and you need to like be vocal about social issues like can the celebrities ever win like yeah I mean I think there's two conversations happening here as well like weirdly enough on the same day I saw this I saw this TikTok by Jordan Mary Adele who makes the case for like celebrities basically being quiet so she's talking about the it girl of our generation and she points to Zendaya, Zoe Kravitz and Alexa Demi as examples. Uh, We'll play a little snippet of the TikTok here. It girls will influence but they're not influencers. We're so over this, hey guys welcome back to my channel, shilling stuff kind of vibe. It's unsurprising that we're now hungrier for this it girl. Very much do your thing, service looks and that's all we need from you. It's much more of the effortlessly chic, mysterious but still alluring, like very magnetic and watchable but you don't know every single thing about their lives. And then she ends the TikTok saying serve us face and then you can go. And it was so interesting to see like the opposite of I guess what was argued in Julia's um, interview. One comment read, it's a reversion from the relatable celebrity, like Zendaya is friendly, but never tried to pretend that she is just like us. This also reminds me a little bit of how Anne Hathaway, Jennifer Lawrence, etc. all needed to take a break at the kind of peak of their careers. And you wrote about it for Refinery. It was titled The Jennifer Lawrence Pipeline and the Impossible Standards for Women in Hollywood. 
So it does feel like there are impossible standards, as you say, for these women to live up to. Like we're kind of like do your job and like be this kind of role model but also don't be too big Mm. for your boots. Like if you get too successful and you win Oscars, like what happened with Anne Hathaway and Jennifer Lawrence was after they won Oscars, um, people kind of get sick of you and you're like down the drain. So the thing about like the mysterious celebrity, do you think it's like a response to this kind of pipeline you read about? Yeah, I think mystery and celebrities has always been a thing for decades. We love kind of that their lifestyles are unattainable and it is so foreign to us in a, a lot of the time. But here is just like where I'm unsure because there feels like a weird turning of the tides where on one hand, Julia is very much like celebrities do your job, provide entertainment, give us like the weird news stories that we've been seeing on the other hand people are a little bit fatigued by that and they're like just do your job like be in the background be kind of that 90s fashion muse vibe as well so I can't tell I think there's space for both I just genuinely think there's space for both like there's we like celebrity for different reasons for pure entertainment also because they you know give us conversations for the wider cultural atmosphere of the moment I also think that like influencers become celebrities when they become more mysterious. Ah, like Emma Chamberlain, for yeah. example, like giving, you know, she like grew up on YouTube and now she's like becoming more and more private and as she's becoming a bigger celebrity, which seems like a response to like, oh my God, there's millions of people watching my life. Like you and I get overwhelmed. We have like a <laughs> thousand followers. <laughs> um, but like for Emma Chamberlain, it's like she's become a legit celebrity like at the Met Gala and stuff and she's becoming more mysterious and everyone's like, ooh, the new it girl. Like... I think there's definitely a correlation there as well. Okay, so for this week's recommendation, what do you have for us? This week, I'm finally recommending a written piece, which I haven't for a while. It's called Why Couldn't Anyone Cancel Dolce & Gabbana by Tahira Hairston for The Cut. It's a great feature by The Cut and isn't too long because sometimes you have to commit to like, you know, 40 minutes to read a feature. Um, But it just asks some great questions around the fashion industry and cancellation. I feel like it's a little bit harder to be cancelled in the fashion industry than it is in like the music or Hollywood. So the piece talks about how Dolce & Gabbana have been known for racial insensitivity, racism and more yet are still around. And they also use black celebrities and models to create like a cool brand. It kind of speaks about how the company has survived and how it's also like a case study in in like crisis management. So I'm just going to read a little bit out now. Social media can be a catalyst for change. What was once something that could be easily swept under the rug has now become the center of call-out culture and internet outrage. It has forced brands to take immediate action and be more transparent, but the verdict is still out on the lasting repercussions and whether it has systematically changed the fashion industry. So I think it's just like a very good sum up of like how Dolce and Gabbana have had multiple issues of like homophobia and racism, yet are still worn by like some of the biggest celebrities and um, put on the front cover of like magazines still. So yeah, just an interesting one. Thank you for that. I like this idea of actually having a feature on this brand when a lot of the time we just see lots of like controversial news articles that you know, just pop up from time to time, but actually collating it and taking stock of like everything they've done and like what has happened since. That's interesting. What are you recommending for us this week? 
Oh my god, me with a written piece too. Um, (laughs) I know, we're we're always in sync. Uh, I am recommending this essay called I Will Be the Most Esoteric Person on the Bus that was written by Michael Sun for Sydney Review of Books. So it's part of this essay collection series called The Commute and there's stories about getting around and I adored this read. So Michael um, works at The Guardian and I loved having this I guess more freeform style of writing. Such a pleasure to read, to move through the piece and like Michael's chaotic but wistful and endearing thoughts. It's non-linear and jumps from thoughts to memories to musings to whatever else um, and it's quite mm. funny and unique and lucky for us we actually have Michael to read out a chunk of the piece for us so here he is at dinner parties I tell embellished stories about how chaotic my life is as everyone laughs in the right places and pretends not to notice the embellishments wow someone says when I tell the story of Chris a man I met on hinge and then invited to a party while extremely drunk Are you serious, someone says, when I reveal that I left the party early, only to find out the next morning that Chris had lingered much later into the night, subjecting all the attendees to invasive and probing interrogations on the dance floor, so flagrantly flouting any and all social codes that he had been politely asked, then forced to leave, though not before feigning a lost wallet somewhere deep in the many crevices of the share house. That's crazy, someone says. And that is when I know I've been talking for too long. My mouth feels dry. It sounds grotesque, but mostly what I've wanted out of life can be distilled into that singular desire to be seen. When I was younger, I cycled through all the predictable predilections of a queenie child given too much unsupervised access to Project Free TV and BitTorrent. I wanted to be a model, too much ANTM. I wanted to be a fashion designer, too much Project Runway. I wanted to be a songwriter, too much platinum hit, an obscure Bravo reality series that pitted subpar hit makers against each other as they subjected a panel of judges and, in one episode, an unlucky Donna Summer to an overabundance of syllables crammed into ear-splitting EDM beats. It was a product of its time, 2011, and it was cancelled after one season. What I really wanted, though I didn't know it at the time, was to be famous, For a while, I was convinced I would be, but I had no evidence to support my hypothesis. At university, our lecturer asked us why we were studying media. For attention, I said, only half-jokingly, and she scoffed. The sound you direct to a dog trying unsuccessfully to eat its own tail. I hated her for it, but I would have scoffed too. You don't need a media degree for attention, I would have said. You just need to lime down Missenden Road without a helmet and risk colliding with a vintage 95 Commodore, behind the wheel of which is a strange man you once knew. I also read this essay this week and it is so beautiful, so well written. It's very inspiring. I really want to write more like yeah. creatively, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when you do it for a job, it can be very easy to like forget that it can be your own outlet as well. Um, yeah, very beautiful. And thank you, Michael, for reading it out for us. That brings us to the end of the episode. By the way, if you're listening to this a day that it's released, it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Yay. 
Thank you. <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in, keeping us company. We love it. Thank you for the Spotify little um, star reviews as well. I think we're creeping up to 100 of them. So give us a little review if you're up to it. And we will chat with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.